You're listening to Swipe East, Swipe West, where we dive into the dating differences from coast to coast. I'm your host, Ashley Davis. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Swipe East, Swipe West, the dating podcast that focuses on differences from coast to coast. I'm your host, Ashley, and you can find us on Instagram at Swipe East, Swipe West. For everyone new joining us, welcome. And for anyone returning, thanks for coming back. So last week, we dove into what it was like living and dating in Vegas. And that was very eye-opening for me because, um, like I mentioned before, I love going to Vegas. It's one of my favorite places to go visit. I had no idea what it was like to actually live there. So um, Holly and Jill, who were were our guests, um, definitely gave a really good inside look into what it's like being a local. And I have to say, I think in some of these recent episodes, it's one of those things where, you know, the grass seems always greener. Um, Definitely some great perspectives last week. So if you haven't listened in yet, definitely recommend doing so. I'm actually still recovering from my foot surgery, so I do not have any updates to share um, again with my love life or or lack thereof because I've still been recovering. So we can dive right into um, the episode this week, which is actually going to be focusing on a success story and not just any regular success story, but one of a long distance romance. And again, not just um, long distance, but one that was found on a dating app and not just any dating app, Tinder of all dating apps. So I'm really um, happy to be talking about this. And um, I know I was super intrigued when I heard about this because there's a lot of layers here, obviously. So the fact that this ended up working out and that our guest, um, you know, found love and got married through this, um, you know, is, is really exciting. And I think rare, you know, just Tinder, long distance, all the stars aligned for her. And, and I'm super happy about that. And I'm really excited to talk about um, how this worked out for her um, and hopefully, you know, provide some guidance for other people. Um, I know for myself, I, you know, met someone, I think I mentioned before, while I was here that lived out of state. We were talking for a while. Um, you know, it, it seemed like it could work. So long distance was potentially on the table. But then um, when we met up in person, we just realized that it just wasn't going to work. And for a lot of reasons, I think our values just didn't align. Um, once we, you know, actually talked about some things in person that just hadn't been coming through in our text conversations, we weren't on the same page about money. Um, I think um, just where we were in our lives with career and drive and, you know, just some other things too, just wasn't meshing well. And I think sometimes opposites do attract. And I think that's what had drawn me in the beginning. But sometimes I think when you're too opposite, that also makes things a little bit harder. And also just how far away, you know, someone can be too with long distance. You have to take into account economic impact and potentially flying back and forth. And I think, you know, just where we both were at just wasn't realistic. So that's what ended that for me, just, you know, a slew of things. um, And I'll leave it at that. But I know um, for our guest, Jessie, that I have this week, she was able to make a lot of those things worth um, work just based on where she was in her life, where her now husband was in her was in his life. Um, so that was really exciting. And I think they, you know, were both looking for the same thing and, um, they were different in some ways, but similar in others. And it just ended up working out for them. So I'm excited for her to talk about that experience and, um, some tips and and why that worked. So happy to dive into that this week. 
And this week I have Jesse with me. Jesse, I met actually through uh, my friend Kate, who I went to college with, and she put us in touch. So Jesse, I'm super happy to have you this week. Thanks for joining me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Definitely fun to come chat, especially because I just got married to my husband. So we're we're in the in that very happy stage. <laughs> I know. That's also why I'm happy you're here too, because I feel like it's hard to find success stories these days, at least with the millennials <laughs> and Gen Zs. We kept saying that Tinder should be sponsoring our wedding because how often do you find a couple that actually successfully came together? Not on Tinder. I feel like Tinder no. <laughs> is far and few between, especially these days. I know back in the day, I feel like it was a little more successful, but I know recently it's pretty much just hookups only. So I don't even Yeah, it, it definitely much. seems like it's changed in the last couple of years, just based on like what my girlfriends tell me. They're like, nope, Tinder ain't in anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know. Even the quality of men on there, I'm like, uh. mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hear Hinge is where it's at, but I was never even single in the Hinge era. So I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because you and your husband uh, met when? Back so in we first matched on Tinder in... Summer 2016, like July, end of June, June, July time. And then we started dating in August and that was the end of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, because back at that time, yeah, Hinge, Hinge wasn't really a thing. Bumble was mm -mm. kind of new. So it really was only, only Tinder. Match.com. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I do have some friends that got together with um, Coffee Meets Bagel. That was a new one I had not heard of. Yeah, yeah, I I had used that a little bit, but at the I don't know how it is now. I'm not on it, but I know mm -hmm. at the time it was like you only got one match, or they called them bagels a day, and then I ne I never liked them, and it was so limiting that I was like, eh, oh, we're done that. here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm not a big dating app person anyway. Even though I don't know, maybe I have to go back on since it works for you. So I listen. It all worked out. So that's what I tell people. I'm like, don't judge because. It worked. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, she's flashing the ring, everyone. <laughs> Gorgeous. <laughs> cool. So yeah, I definitely want to talk about your story today because I know it's a, it's a pretty unique story. Well, aside from it being Tinder, even on top of that, I know there's a lot more that went into it. So I know you're originally from the Connecticut area. Yeah, um, I grew up on the Connecticut shoreline. Okay, yeah. nice. And then from there, you were in Rochester for school. Yep. Yep. So I went to the Rochester Institute of Technology up in Rochester, New York. And what was that like? So RIT is definitely nerd school. There's not really any way getting around it. Um, there's like a really big emphasis on the computer science program and the engineering program. And so for myself, what I really liked about it was just like the co-op program. So that was this program where you would go and you get real world job experience. Um, and it's like a really robust program there. So that's what kind of attracted me to the school. Um, but definitely a different demographic than I was used to. Um, in addition to it being like nerd school, it's also a 60-40 gender ratio with 60% being men. So actually, that's why I ended up joining a sorority was just because I got there and I was like, oh my gosh, where are all my girlfriends? Who am I going to get my nails done with? So that's definitely what led me to Greek life at RIT, which was a very different experience, I think, than other places. Um, but I really enjoyed it. So there's other places that have co-ops too. Like I know Northeastern up in Boston mm -hmm. has co-ops. And I feel like yep. that vibe is a little more similar than to a Connecticut vibe than RIT. Mm -hmm. So what, So what drew you still to like Rochester? 
So actually, my first boyfriend went to RIT and he was older oh. than I was. So, you know, bring it all back to, to dating. Um, so I had actually looked at the school before. I had some friends that went up there. And then I met him the summer before my senior year. And so obviously I got to go to RIT a bunch more and visit it. And it's funny, though, because he was like definitely much more into like you know, the like nerdy RIT scene, which is like fine. But I would say we had very, very different experiences at school, which was like a good thing for us. We had definitely like separate interests. And so, you know, I went up there. He was definitely a factor, not the only factor, but it was a very good experience. So I'm happy I did it. Okay. So it's a bit of a nerdy school. It's mostly yeah. <laughs> men. So then what was it like like so you I mean you did you have your boyfriend most of the time while you were there? Yeah, so I when I started there, I had my boyfriend. I dated him and like even lived with him for two of the years um and we were together for 3 years there. Yeah. And then um he graduated so he was 2 years older than I was and then I was kind of living on my own for the first time and I was living with a bunch of girlfriends and it just became like very clear that like while we were in a good place like we we had fun on like the micro level right but on the macro level there were just like some differences and it just like wasn't going to work and i think by the time you know he graduated and was like going out into the real world all of a sudden those things like we met when i was 17 you know like those things didn't yeah. matter when you meet at that age and then all of a sudden it's like oh I don't know if I can do this forever. I don't know if this will work. So then at like 21, I think. Yeah. So we'd been together for like four and a half years. We broke up. And so it was really the first time that I was single on my own since like leaving my parents. Um, and so that's really when I like had got most of my dating experience was like out on the apps and all that stuff. And I was single for about nine months. And then I met Brody and that was that. <laughs> okay. So really it was your last year in college that you were single yeah. and that's when you met your now husband. Yes. In Rochester. Yep. So before you met Brody, like how was it like dating up in, cause I know Rochester is like more upstate New York, but you're yep. still kind of like in this nerdy environment. So sure. So like what that? they, what, what they say about RIT is the odds are good, but the goods are odd, which I think can be very <laughs> accurate. Um, oh but God. no, and I think too, being in Greek life, like I was around a lot of those guys as well. And honestly, for me, like I've always liked really like career driven guys. Um, so that was like good for me to see those. And I don't think it's a coincidence that Brody and I ended up together that he was like an RIT alumni as well. Um, but it was definitely interesting. So being on the app, so like what's nice about RIT and Rochester in general is that there were lots of other schools in the area as well. And there's like actually a decent like job scene and stuff there. So there were a lot of like recent grads as well that had stayed in the area. Um, so I felt like the dating pool was pretty good. I don't think I ever felt like I was like running out of people to meet or anything like that. So when you were there, how, like how was dating as far as like, did you have to use the apps? Was it like, were you meeting people at bars? Like I think, class? yeah. So I think you can meet people at bars. Um, you can definitely meet people at like parties and stuff like that. I think guys feel pretty confident like to come up and talk to you most of the time. 
Um, but for me, I really liked the apps because I wasn't as confident, like one-on-one, -on -one, if that makes sense. So I kind of like to like get to know someone first, like have some like chatting with them. And then I would feel more comfortable like meeting them in person. Like, oh, I know that they're definitely into me. So actually there was one guy that he and I were in classes together and I kind of always thought, you know, he was cute or whatever, but it wasn't until we matched on Tinder that all of a sudden it was like, oh, we both definitely like each other. And then we were like confident. And so we had a little, we had a little thing going on for a couple months there. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of like your guarantee. Like, all right, yeah. like I know he likes me. Yeah. And then there was um, like definitely people that I met more like organically. And I think too, like being in Greek life, like I would have a lot of sisters that would then have a lot of friends that were in fraternities. So, you know, yeah. that was definitely one way to meet people as well. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And I guess like at the time too, that you were in school, it was, it was after my time. So I graduated in 2013 when we didn't have mm -hmm. any of that, but I feel like you were still kind of in that middle cusp of I remember you know. my freshman year and there was this girl, I wasn't friends with her, but I was really good friends with her roommate. And so her roommate told me that she was meeting this guy from Tinder. So it would have been like, I don't know, 2012, 2013. And I was like, yeah. this girl is crazy. Like she's going <laughs> to get ax murdered. Like I yeah. thought it was like the craziest concept. And then, you know, a couple of years later, it's like totally the norm at this point, which is so funny. I know. It changed so fast. It really has. Um, it's it's in, it's crazy how, yeah, to your point, like there was a period in time when people were embarrassed about saying, oh, I met them on oh, an totally. app. And now it's like, no, like this guy's from Bumble. This guy's from mm -hmm. OkCupid. And it's it's almost weird if that's not how you meet people nowadays. I think it's like unique if you meet someone organically in the wild, if you will, because I think so often now it's like very app dominated. Right. And then that leads us to your husband, Brody. So mm -hmm. you met him on Tinder, as you said. Yes. <laughs> um, but and but you mentioned he's an RIT alumni, but you didn't mm -hmm. meet him while you were at RIT? Or no. You did? So we we both went to RIT. He was two years older than me. And we never knew each other when we both went to RIT. So wow. then so he he finished school and got a job um, down in Maryland, which is where he's from, um, in the Baltimore area. And so um, he was living down in Maryland. And then his best friend still lived in Rochester. So he went up to Rochester to go visit his friend. And he, I guess, was in the same area that I was in. And we just happened to match on Tinder. And I fully did not realize that this man lived in Maryland. I probably wouldn't have even given him a chance if I knew he lived in Maryland. Um, but, you know, I guess it all worked out. Wait, so he, let me just hold on. <laughs> yeah, so he, it's confusing. Me, okay, so just to recap. So he, mm -hmm. you both were at RIT at the same time. Never mm -hmm. crossed paths. Never how crossed big, paths. How big is um, RIT? I think it's like 16,000. Okay, so, so it's, it's pretty, a pretty decent sized school. Yeah. Okay, so a large school. Also, if he's two years older, I'm assuming you were dating your boyfriend while he was there. Yeah, I think there would have been like a small time that we were that we would have had overlap, but very little. Okay, same time you were preoccupied any bit, anyways. Mm -hmm. He had girlfriends as well, so you know. Okay. Oh, girlfriends, plural. Yeah, he, he had a couple before me. That's okay. We'll let him. <laughs> okay. Um, so he graduates, moves, 
then mm-hmm. is ha- happens to be in town on mm-hmm. the apps. But I guess also Tinder's geolocated. So it, yeah. It so there. and his his best friend who he was staying with, his apartment was like, I don't know, a third of a mile from mine. Like once we got okay. together, we would spend a ton of time. We'd walk there all the time. So it kind of makes sense. Like that's where he was. That's where I was. Um, okay. But it's just so funny that we we happened to match and then happened to talk and keep talking. So when you guys matched, um, cause I, I'm guilty of this. I'm a huge travel like swiper and where mm-hmm. I just swipe when I'm on vacation. Um, and, oh, it's fun, right? You're like, what kind of men live in this exotic place? <laughs> yeah. And I actually got shit from my guy friends in my season one, um, episode because they, I told them a lot of times I just do it for travel recommendations and I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't meet up with them. Cause I'm like, Hey, uh-huh. you're local. Like, Cause it's, I feel like it's different when you're a girl. I don't know. Like, I don't know. It's, it's like, there's a safety concern too. Exactly. Actually, so Brody would always say that too. Or he'd be like, why do girls match with guys and then not talk to them? He's like, what's the point of matching if you're not going to talk to them? And I'm like, well, on one hand, you get so many matches, I think <laughs> as a woman, like they're not, yes. they're, they're just, there's just so many more of them, I think, than the guys get. And then on top of it too, I'm like, it's like a safety thing. Like, that's why I, again, like I appreciated the apps because I felt like I was able to like kind of get to know someone on a certain level and at least feel like somewhat confident and safe um, to then move forward, like meeting up with them. Right. Well, that, yeah, that makes sense. Cause you never know, especially these days that because they're so popular, like, are you a catfish or mm-hmm. you say who you are? Um, red flags like you don't know someone's backgrounds um, absolutely so whereas like at least if you have like a profile like I don't know if you tell me you work at a certain place I don't know I might check your LinkedIn and I'm not feeling guilty about it exactly I mean you gotta do what you gotta do <laughs> yeah I want to um, know you're a real person <laughs> right exactly um but so okay so you guys matched and then did he disclose to you that he was just traveling through town before you guys met up so he actually Okay, so he, we matched, and he messaged me, but I was a little bit uh, distracted slash engaged with a different gentleman at the time, and so I ignored it. I didn't respond for, like, two weeks, and then, oh, <laughs> I know. Wait, from So, like, from his first message, like, you just Yeah, didn't so Brody and I matched on Tinder. He probably sent me a message, like, I don't know, that day. And I just never responded to it because I was still on the apps. Like I was still swiping, but I had really liked this other guy. Yeah. And so I was like not really responding to people. And then things ended with the other guy. And like, I was a little pissed. It did not end on my own <laughs> terms. I was not very happy about it. I was like, well, I have plenty of options. I'm going to go talk to every single person who had messaged me, which is yep. maybe not Feel the that. best response, but <laughs> hey. so then, yeah. So then, um, Brody happened to be one of um, the people that that I responded to. And, um, you know, we started chatting. And I think the funniest story is that when I figured out he lived in Maryland, I was like, what are you doing wasting your time? Like, I'm like, why are you talking to me? He said, it's very cheesy, but it's kind of cute. He said, uh, it's never a waste of time to talk to a pretty girl. Oh, and then nice. he asked me what I was looking for. And again, I was like a little bit in a, in a cynical place in my life. And I was like, I don't know, it's Tinder. Like, I'm not expecting to 
meet the love of my life. And he said, well, you never know. And then we kind of just kept talking and, and never really stopped. That's insane in like a good way, because I feel like, because you guys were basically doing long distance from Baltimore yeah, yeah. to well, and Rochester. For, for a long time, like, because we talked for a long time before we met, like over a month, I think. Wow. And so oh, wow. for a while, yeah. A so month? for a while, I mean, I'll be honest, like I didn't necessarily take it seriously. Like I knew I really enjoyed talking to him, right? Like I knew we had that kind of a connection there. But I feel like on the apps, especially, there's a lot of guys that talk a really big game and they really do not follow through with it. So, you know, he would say like, oh, I want to I want to come up to Rochester. Like I want to, you know, I want to come meet you. I want to come take you on a date. And I'd be like, OK, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then we keep talking. So it took a little while for me to to take it seriously, I think. But I also knew we had like a really good connection. We just never seemed to run out of things to talk about. And I felt like we really got to know each other in that time. Yeah, I know. I feel like talking for a month is a very long time to like keep yeah. up a conversation and not have something fizzle out, especially in this no, day and age. It just never, it just never did. And I think that's how I knew I really liked him was because we just like, it, it, I just you know, I would actually be like, I'd be out with other people. And I know he said kind of the same thing would happen to him. Because we both continued dating, like, we're not going to drop everything for this random dude from Maryland on Tinder, you know? Yeah. And so um, we were both dating other people still. And, you know, we would both be out with other people and we'd kind of just be thinking of each other and wishing that we were with each other instead. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's kind of interesting. You both had that connection for, that you both went to RIT. Mm-hmm. but. Also, I always, I always find it interesting when people like, I say the word outsource, but like outsource Mm -hmm. from where they are. Oh, absolutely. Like there are plenty of dudes there. Like, why did I have to pick someone from Maryland? Right. Well, so that's what I'm going to ask you. Like what, what drew you to that? Because it's a 60, 40 split. I know you said you Mm -hmm. kind of said it yourself. Like maybe the, the pickings were still slim within that, but like, yeah. What made you kind of stick with, you know, someone that was several hours away? Yeah, And I think the other piece to acknowledge, too, is that, like, I was very much not really looking for a relationship at the time. I wasn't, like, opposed to one. You know what I mean? Like, if it happened, it happened. But, like, really, again, like, it was my first time being single, really, as an adult. I was kind of out there to go meet lots of different kinds of people because for so long in my life, I'd only been with one person, you know? But I think when Brody and I started talking... Like we just had so much in common and like neither of us were afraid to talk about what we wanted out of life, like really what we were looking for sort of in, in, you know, broader terms of our lives. And we had a lot of things that lined up. So I think that was something that made me feel like very comforted. And we were just like both really excited by each other. Like we just, we just never stopped talking all the time, (laughs) text for hours and hours and hours. And I definitely don't, think you find that spark all the time with someone. So I think it was that that made me really be like, okay, maybe I should try to take this a little bit more seriously with him. Yeah. And you just weren't getting that. I mean, you it's but kind of ironic because if you had met him at Rochester. Yeah, I don't know what would have happened. <laughs> there's so a lot of factors. Like there's a lot mm-hmm. of what if scenarios that because like what if you were still with your boyfriend? What if mm-hmm. you weren't? Um, yeah, but but I guess in a perfect world, if you guys were both single and met at Rochester, like 
maybe this would have happened there or yeah but you never you truly never know and I think the other piece of it too is that so like I had spent I had spent like a good chunk of time you know being single and uh living my best life and I just remember when I was talking to Brody there was this one guy he came over and we it was a different guy whatever had a grand old time but he (laughs) left after and I was like you know I don't really think I'm having fun with this anymore. Like this, this like excitement that I had from when I was like first single and like putting myself out there again, like dating lots of different guys. That was like very exciting to me right at the beginning. And then all of a sudden I was like, you know, I think this is kind of like run its course. Like I don't think this like casual thing is working for me as much. And it was like after that experience that I kind of started to be like, okay, I'm going to actually try to take this a little bit more seriously because maybe there is something there. I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, So when you first met up with Brody, like what happened? What did you guys do? (laughs) Okay, so this is where the story gets very interesting. So Brody had plans to come to Rochester, but at the time he was starting a brand new job and he didn't really know or he was contracting at a new place, whatever. So he didn't totally know what the new job was going to entail. Um, and so then I think it was like two weeks before he was supposed to come up. Um, his job tells him, surprise, you're actually going to California for a month for work. Oh, wow. And he tells me this. And like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm pissed. <laughs> and I'm also like, well, this is just the end of that then. I'm like, you know, we've been talking for a month now. He was supposed to come up and now he's going off to California. Like, I'm not waiting another month. Like, this is ridiculous, right? Yeah. So, you know, I, I like calmed down a little bit and we kept talking. And then he was already out in California. They sent him out like very, very quickly. And he had been working all these like crazy shifts and everything. And again, we'd been talking for probably a month at this point. We had FaceTimed. I knew we had mutual friends. So I knew, you know, I knew he was a real person. And um, so we worked a very long shift. He came back and he had a little bit too much to drink. We were talking and he goes, I want you to come to California. And I'm like, what are, what are you talking about? I'm like, I cannot come to California. Like, we have never met. Like, I cannot come to California. He's like, no, I really want you to come to California. Like, like I really want to meet you. I think this would be so much fun. I'm going to buy your ticket to California. Wow. And again, I'm like, no, like, there's no way that, that we can do this. He's like, look, I'm going to buy this ticket. I'm going to get travel insurance on it. And he's like, if you want to, you can come. And if you don't, that's okay. So then, you know, he buys this ticket. And I'm like, oh, my God. Wow. That's such yes. a flex. I know. So I'm like kind of in shock. Then yeah. I'm also like, well, you know, I've never been to California before. <laughs> so hey, and your ticket is bought. You have no reason not to, not to go. So that was kind of my mindset because like I totally get it. Like it was like very much out of left field. So not my really. my rationale for it was that. So at the time I was actually on co-op. So I was working a full-time position. And I was making pretty good money at my co-op, right? So I knew, you know, I have a flight there. I have a flight back. 
I have more than enough money in my bank account that if Brody and I do not hit it off at all, I can go get myself my own hotel room for, you know, however many days. I will take myself on my own California adventure if that's what needs to happen. So I didn't really think that that was going to happen. Like I, we'd been talking long enough and, you know, FaceTiming and whatnot. But that was kind of my backup plan in the back of my head. And, you know, so I like told everyone where I was going, had my location <laughs> yeah. turned on, all that yep. jazz. Because exactly. I, I definitely was cognizant of um, the safety factor involved. Um, but yeah, so he got my ticket and I flew out to California and that was the first time that we met. And it was a success. Yeah, <laughs> it, was def- it was definitely <laughs> a big success. Um, it's funny though, because I think like, I think all of the conversations that we had had before, even though they hadn't been in person, I think they allowed our relationship to really grow on the emotional side of things without kind of like the other distractions, like the physical side of things or, you know, anything like that getting in the way. And yeah. so that was kind of the last piece I was like nervous about. I'm like, oh my God, like, what if I go out all the way to California and this guy's like a horrible kisser? Like what a letdown that would be. What if he has a chode dick? Exactly. No, that's what I literally kept telling my friends. I was like, listen, he's so perfect in every way. Like we get along great. I'm like, there has to be a catch. He has to have a tiny penis, right? Like there has to be something. Oh God. Everyone's so, worst nightmare. I know. Oh, I just, again, I cannot imagine you go, go, you know, you fly. 3,000 miles across the freaking country and then you get there and find out you have zero physical chemistry. Like, what a letdown. <laughs> that would be, yeah, it's a long flight to go on with so much build up for like. Exactly. Well, and I think too, so once, once he bought my ticket, I was like, okay, this man has like financially invested in our relationship. I was like, the least I can do is like stop eating, seeing other dudes for a couple weeks and like see how I feel about it. So from the time he he bought the ticket to the time that I went out there, I would say I still like talked to a couple guys, but like I didn't go out on any dates. I kind of wanted to see how I would feel being more committed to someone. And I didn't really feel like I was missing out on anything. Yeah. So I mean this is all amazing and crazy um, <laughs> yeah it, because I feel like because it worked out because I feel yes, like absolutely <laughs> because I feel like sometimes you hear these things and obviously they could there's worst case scenarios and they can go oh my god wrong. yeah he could have been an axe murderer absolutely <laughs> he, he very, yes he could have I'm glad he's not he looked yes he's very nice <laughs> but there's also like I feel like there's also situations where a lot of times and especially out here like where I live in LA like no one will drive even like an hour or 30 yes. minutes to see someone. And yes. anytime a guy's like offering to buy you something or take you somewhere, there's always like some sort of ulterior motive. Yes. Granted, like your situation is so is very different because you had been talking for a month. It seemed like but it, it was the fact that he made the effort. You know what I mean? And right. And there was actually this other guy that I was like pretty interested in. And he was from Connecticut. So again, we met on the apps when I was home for Christmas, right? I had been home for like six weeks for a Christmas break. And we like went on a bunch of dates and I really liked him, but he didn't really put in the effort. He never came to see me. 
in Rochester or anything like that. And actually, after Brody and I got together and I told him, I was like, look, like we can't talk anymore. You know, like I have a boyfriend. He got kind of mad and he was like, what do you mean you have a boyfriend? He's like, I thought you're going to move back to Connecticut after you graduated. I thought we were going to be together. And I'm like, well, you didn't tell me that and you didn't put any effort into into what we were doing. So here's someone that like made the effort. Like, sorry. So is he just sitting like idly by just being like, oh, she'll come back someday. So Uh, like whenever I would go home pretty frequently, like I'm pretty close to my family and like my friends in the area. So, you know, I would go home and usually when I would home was home, we would like see each other and whatnot. And we definitely got along really well, but he would always talk a big game. He would like say he was going to come up and visit me and none of that ever happened. And then here's someone that's willing to, you know, put in so much effort. And I think that's really what like made the difference in my mind. Yeah. And I feel like his effort was genuine and it wasn't yeah. flashy. I just, and I, I didn't feel like with Brody, like, you know, and we talked about it. He did not have, he was like very clear, very respectful to me. You know, he didn't have like expectations, like just because he's flying me out doesn't mean he thinks that we have to be together or that we even have to sleep together or anything like that but you know he was really interested and he wanted us to try and he was out there so why not so I definitely appreciated that do you think that's because of a culture of Baltimore and like that's where he's from or do you think that's just him as a person I think it's partially him as a person and then you know so he he's from Maryland but his whole family is actually from Buffalo, New York. And that's why he wanted oh. to go to Rochester. And it's definitely more of that like Midwest vibe. I would say like people are very caring about each other. There's like a very big sense of community. And I think that they're definitely, you know, obviously there's assholes everywhere. But I think that that definitely, you know, plays somewhat of a piece. Gotcha. Okay. So he, so he just moved to Maryland for work after. That's not where he So his, up. he grew up in Maryland, but his parents both grew up in Buffalo and then his mom got a job with the federal government. So they both moved down to Maryland and that's where Brody was born and raised. Um, But he spent a ton of time in Buffalo and he's kind of always said Buffalo's felt more like home. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So how is it now for you living in Maryland? It's definitely very different. I definitely had like um, culture shock when I moved down here. So I, um, you know, when, when we started dating, I think that's the other thing too. So we started dating and we were immediately long distance and like my advice to anyone who's doing the long distance thing is like, it's hard to do it casually. You can't really do it casually. Like, I think if you're committing to doing long distance with someone, you are dating with intention, right? Yeah. And so we had both talked about that. And like, one of our biggest thing too, was that. I was like, look, if I'm going to commit to, you know, date you my senior year of college and be long distance, I was like, I want there to be a definitive end date. And so he was like, totally fine with that. He was like, look for jobs in Maryland, but also look for jobs elsewhere. And if you find a job that you cannot say no to and it's somewhere else, like we will make it work. Like we will not be long distance at the end of the year. So I felt very comfortable going into that because I felt like we weren't going to be long distance forever. We were going to, you know, figure out a way to make it work. 
And um, it just gave me the confidence to move forward with it. Because I think if we had just left it open-ended, I wouldn't have felt comfortable to commit in that way. Yeah, because um, I actually met another couple who they were doing long distance for like a year or two. And the only Mm -hmm. reason they were able to make it work is because they knew like there was like a cap. Like they were like, we can do Mm -hmm. long distance for like a year or two. And then we'll both be in this city because it takes a tool like one it's expensive to fly yes. back and forth to see each other and two it's just it's hard like you want it's to see emotionally all the time. very difficult and especially too like when you're new in a relationship and you have all that like you know new relationship energy you want to be with each other all the time um it's just very different to have it only be in like limited chunks and i think um you know one thing that we struggled with not in the very beginning, because we were definitely more in that like honeymoon phase at the very beginning, but like midway through our um, like time of long distance is like, we felt a lot of pressure to when we see each other to have it be like super happy and fun all the time. And so we would avoid some of the more difficult conversations that needed to happen. Um, because, you know, you don't want to fight when you only see someone, you know, once every other week, once every two, three weeks, whatever that's not how you want to spend your time. Like you want to be happy and enjoying it. But we also learned that like, it's not healthy to avoid those conversations because they come up later and then that's not fun either. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, it was so obviously you both were committed to each other. It was a newer relationship, but given that you both kind of found each other away from the areas you were in, did you find Mm -hmm. it like once you were kind of like, I'm committing to you, did you ever feel like, like you wanted to stray? Like it was like easy. No, I, I felt pretty good about it. And again, too, I think, so I I actually, I said this in my wedding vows, right? So when we were out in California and Brody asked me, you know, like, will you be my girlfriend? Like I really, before Brody, like I wasn't really looking for a relationship, but when he asked me, I realized that like, this is not about whether or not I want a boyfriend. Like this is about Brody. This is about whether or not I want Brody. And we had had such a great time. I couldn't imagine my life without him. So it was like very easy for me to say yes to that um, just because I knew he was someone special to me. And like, I'm not going to lie, like there were definitely like hard times. Like I, my love language is definitely quality time. And that's very, very difficult when you're long distance. And then on top of it too, he's traveling for work. So, Mm -hmm. you know, he would be, all across the country working these crazy hours and like there wasn't always time to you know like call me on the phone and so that was very difficult to me for me but also we had all these like positive things working in our favor as well just like we got along so well we always had so much fun you get along really well with my friends i got along with his friends and we were both very much committed to making the effort to see each other like i did i did that five hour drive between rochester and baltimore more times than i can even think i oh my god i swear there was one point i was driving and i had gone down the previous weekend and then i decided to surprise him and go down the next weekend as well and i was driving and i was like oh my god i recognize that piece of trash on the on the road from last week like I'm doing this way too much this is ridiculous (laughs) yeah but it was good it was worth it so do you think then that because I'm asking this because a lot of people I've been interviewing I've been finding like many of them have been like kind of gravitating towards people that don't live in their city 
and that mm-hmm. they've been open to like a long distance type of situation, whether it's been to the same extent as yours or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so do you think in your situation, it was less about where you're living and just more of literally you found the right person and you were willing to do what it took? I think no, no that was a piece lived. of it. And not to mention too, like, okay, Baltimore to Rochester, like it's a pain in the butt. Don't get me wrong, but it's still a drive. And then the other thing that was like very helpful is that, you know, I was in school and I didn't have, I think I didn't have classes on Fridays or something like that. So I was really able to like make my schedule work to be more accommodating. And then he was also willing to like put in the effort, like he would be traveling for work. And sometimes I would go visit him where he was traveling. It worked out great. He happened to be traveling for work in Miami during my spring break. So I got a free trip out of that. It was great. But, um, but no, and then I think the other piece of it too, is that like, you know, I'd been in Rochester for a couple of years at that point and it kind of felt like these like fun mini vacations, like going down to Baltimore. Like I'd never been there before. So it was really fun to explore a new city and like have him show me all his favorite spots. And then conversely, you know, he had lived in Rochester at RIT, but RIT is actually pretty far from downtown Rochester. So when we met, I was living in downtown Rochester. And so he had never really explored that area as much. Um, So we had a lot of fun, like where I was living, I was walking distance to all the bars and, you know, these cute little shops and everything, all the fun restaurants. Um, So I think we actually had a really good time in that beginning phase of our relationship, kind of like exploring each other's cities together. So there was just like a little bit of an extra dynamic that made it more fun than just like, okay, I'm dating another nerdy guy at my school. Like, oh, absolutely. Like, I remember getting in my car and being like, oh, yeah, going to Baltimore, like going to go eat some crabs, going to go like our favorite place was this. um, It's like right in Canton, Baltimore. It's this place on the square and they put hard margaritas in hubcaps like this big so that's what we would always do we go get the hubcap margaritas together (laughs) oh my god they're like giant trays and then they put all these straws in it and you're not allowed to consume one by yourself because it's way too much you can't even have one no they're like bigger than my head (laughs) oh wow okay yeah but they're fun (laughs) that's awesome so it, it was it was cool like getting to explore a different place so it was like really the entire relationship in itself like every aspect yeah, you know, and it, again, like it, I don't want to say like it wasn't hard because there were definitely times it was really hard. And I think too, when I moved, that was the hardest time of all because culturally, Maryland is very, very different. It's very population dense. It is not that kind of, so I grew up in like a small town. And then even at, in Rochester, Sure, RIT is a big school, but I really found my niche with my sorority. And I had that like really tight knit community. And I had so many girlfriends all the time. Like I was always hanging out with my girlfriends, right? And so moving to Maryland, it was very different community wise. And I just didn't, didn't have any friends, you know? And that was really, really hard for me. And I think that was the hardest point in our entire relationship was that first year when I had moved down. And also on top of it, he was still traveling for work. So I'm like, oh my God, I like moved down here so we could be together. And like, I see you basically as often as I did when I lived in Rochester. So that was really, really challenging. Um, But thankfully, you know, I, I think kind of just have to stick it out. You have to 
realize that things aren't going to be comfortable when you first move and that it's going to be different and you just have to like force yourself to get used to it and then finally Brody got a job that wasn't traveling so that was really great too (laughs) yeah I feel like sometimes too with like long distance or at least I would imagine like once you're finally living together and you're actually Mm -hmm. spending like and I know he was traveling at first but now and then you but you just said he wasn't but like when you're actually spending like every day together that must be different yeah like extremely different than like oh like every other weekend or whatever it was before I think a big piece of it too so like I lived with my my other serious boyfriend right he was like very much like a yes man like I definitely wore the pants in the relationship and he would kind of like go along with stuff right and one of the things that like attracted me to Brody also very difficult is that like he is not that way like he (laughs) likes to plan he likes to you know and I like to do that too so it was like both of us needing to like be like okay some areas like Brody gets to be the leader some areas Jesse gets to be the leader and like it was different like butting heads like I had never really like experienced that before so it's just something we had to work through yeah and every relationship there's always going to be something Mm -hmm. Um, but maybe that's why this worked out because he wasn't I mean you and your ex didn't work out so maybe yeah no and that was something I really liked about him is that like he wasn't passive and um, I also really liked that he took his career really seriously. Those are two things that I need to find in a man because I keep <laughs> going to guys that are the opposite. And uh, uh, I feel that girlfriend. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure why I keep, that's what I keep getting attracted towards. So. I know, no, I know. It's like definitely like, you know what you're doing. You're like, why, why do you keep doing this? But, <laughs> and I don't even realize it. And then like, I'll be talking to them and then like the bomb is dropped and I'm like, huh like what really (laughs) I'm like this this sounds familiar like (laughs) so another another thing I'll say then too is that like based on Brody's like tinder profile I was like eh should I swipe right should I swipe left like (laughs) I'm not really sure and then I was like oh you know he's an engineer he went to RIT I'm like we have stuff in common I'm like I'll give it a yes right but like I I he wasn't someone that I was like oh my God, like I have to get to know this person, like, you know? And so I think that that's like a testament to like the profiles are so freaking superficial and that you never know what kind of like attraction or like, you know, what, how, how you'll find someone when you meet them in person. And so I, I'm definitely like an advocate of like branch out of your comfort zone, like try to meet different kinds of people because, you know, you never know what you'll be into. Brody's a ginger. Who knew? <laughs> I, hey, I am a huge ginger fan. So yeah, me too. Now, <laughs> yeah, well, now, Ron Weasley, number one fan. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, and that's why, like, it's so hard for me to to use the apps because I am very judgmental on them, mm-hmm. as I'm sure many others are, and I'm like. And I'm a ser- I call myself a serial swiper because I just go through them so fast. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, no, yes, no. Like I don't even admittedly read the profiles most of the time. No, and because- you you feel like you're getting so cold hearted. You're like, oh my yeah. God, like these are people, but it's well, so hard to remember that. But my thing is like most of the time, I mean, to your point, like I'm probably like getting more matches than many men just from like my person, yeah. like me personally speaking to my male friends, but but I'm like, why am I going to waste my time reading your profile when you might not even match with me? 
And yes. there's so many people to sift through, especially in Los Angeles. Oh, I'm and, sure. <laughs> yeah. And on top of it, like I do the same thing as you. And nine times out of 10, though, when I go, eh, I don't know if I should swipe on them and I swipe right. They never are a match and it hurts my <laughs> ego. You're sad. like, I gave you a chance and you reject me. How rude. I was, like, I, know, I was like, what the fuck? I didn't even like you anyway. And then I just exit it out. So I get so upset. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah. Like I read the profile, like after the fact that once I, I'm like, okay, we match. Then I read it. Yeah. Let me figure of, out something we can talk about. <laughs> yeah. And then most of the time it's empty or I don't even like, I'm like, mm-hmm. this is, I'm like, eh, I don't like this profile. I'm like I have nothing to go on here. Yeah, exactly. So I just, and I don't know, even when I do start talking to them, like nine times, it just fizzles or I say Mm -hmm. this like all the time on this podcast, but I just, it's hard for me to connect with a picture and I'm just Mm -hmm. so much of more of like an in-person person. And that's why COVID Mm -hmm. also has made everything so hard. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Yeah. On top of the LA culture, it's just cold hearted in general in real life. Yeah. no, I know yeah. my my friend who moved out there. She always says it's a uh, Peter Pan syndrome that the guys just don't want to grow up. Well, yeah, and there's a lot of like hustle culture and mm-hmm. the distance, and um, which again, like you were willing to do the distance. Most people out here won't drive 30 minutes to see someone because they're just you sick of being in their cars and traffic. In the traffic, so. yeah. So that's why um, I was so interested in hearing your story, where you, you were willing to do all of that and you were willing to like, I mean, I think a lot of people here will go outside of LA, at least people I know. Um, Mm -hmm. But a lot of people, it's funny, like you'll be willing to, like I met a guy in San Diego who was like inviting me to stuff and that's three hours away, but I will go 20 minutes. Like yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) I think too, a big piece of it is just like finding someone that's willing to match your effort. You know what I mean? Yeah. There were times that like our effort wasn't, Equal doesn't always mean 50-50, right? So like sometimes mm-hmm. I give Brody shakes. I'm like, yeah, my my last semester of school, like you hardly ever came to Rochester, which is true. But that being said, he had the craziest travel schedule at that time for work. And then on top of it, I think I only had class like three days a week. So like who has more flexibility here that can like make it work? And right. then, you know, He'd be down in Florida and he would fly to Connecticut to spend my birthday with me and my family. You know what I mean? So he yeah. would make the effort in other ways, but I still yeah. like to give him a hard time about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. It's just interesting to me. Um, like I've been talking to a lot of people throughout doing this and there's just been more and more people that if they're not finding what they want or who they like in their city, they've been willing to look somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And I think it's like part of just the testament of like dating culture and that like each city is so different that if you need to go find someone that more fits your vibe and like who you are, like people are willing to go the mile. And one positive thing about dating apps is that allows you to do that. So whether you're traveling or I know like some app, like Hinge does let you set your location. So yeah, to other places. Yeah. So, um, I mean, people will go the extra mile if, you know, for human connection and to find someone. So it's It's very interesting interesting too, with um, like this switch to like remote working. Like I know for me, I'm now full remote. And so, you know, if the situation, you know, hadn't happened for me in college, like that was now, like I was dating, like I would be a lot more open because, you know, you can take four days at a time to go visit someone and 
bring your laptop and you can still work. And then not to mention to like Brody and I, you know, we would like to move back up to Connecticut at some point. And I had the conversation with my job, like, look, I know you guys are based in Maryland. Like, would it be okay if I moved to Connecticut in a year? And they were like, yep, go ahead. We'd rather have you in Connecticut than not have you at all. So I think there's a lot more flexibility with work, which is always a huge, huge thing to get in the way. So it'll be interesting to see how that affects dating culture as well. That's true. Um, I mean, yeah, because I mean, I think the financial piece is also a huge factor. But if yes, um, but if you can get there, I mean, depending on how far it is, because if it's if it's a two hour drive, that's obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, different. And other places that aren't LA might be more willing to make that drive, but um, or a train ride, depending. Mm -hmm. But um, if you can get there and, and you know, you are working remote, depending on if you are in a corporate job or not, like, I know, Mm -hmm. I'm sure I'm sure like, retail or something it might not be that as yeah easy. yeah but for, but for corporate yeah that's definitely something that's changed the dynamics are changing so much and COVID's definitely a huge part of that so yeah absolutely absolutely and I think too um you know kind of similar to what Brody and I did like with COVID and like maybe not as much now but when the pandemic was like more at its height like really did have to kind of get to know someone and be like okay is this worth the COVID risk to go and meet them in person, you know? And I think that kind of encourages like getting to know them potentially like, you know, online before that in person. But it's funny because for some people it really works. And then for some people it's like a total non-starter. Yeah. I feel like for me, it would definitely be, it would definitely be difficult, but I'm sure for some other people, like I've, I've had other friends um, just like you, like meet their now fiancés on dating apps in COVID. Like yeah. getting married, like in early so crazy. 2022. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like I, I literally had a friend, she was like, met a guy and a couple weeks later, she's like, yeah, so we're moving in together. And I was like, oh, then, oh okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, great. And then a few months later, yeah, we're engaged. And I was oh like, my great. Gosh. Yeah. And he's like an amazing guy and they get along like they're a great match. I have nothing yeah. terrible or bad in any capacity to say. And it's just like she found her person. And it was also like for LA, like distance. So yeah, they were willing to make it work. So. That's so crazy. It happens. Yeah. Way of the future, I guess. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Do you have anything else you want to share? Or when I would just say again, like, I think when you meet the right person, it's not always easy in the relationship, but it's easy to choose to keep putting in the work. Yeah. Because like we definitely, we definitely went through like some like harder times and like we had to really like push through it. And I think with other people, like that might've been like a stopping point. Um, But Brody always made me feel like really confident, like, no, I, this is what I want. I want to be with you. Like, let's find a way to work through it. And once we did, we were so much better on the other side. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, I think that's with probably any relationship, but with with the distance that's there's definitely an added layer because I feel like it's easier to kind of let that go when Mm -hmm. you're not seeing that person in you know all the time so that makes a lot of sense yeah definitely well Jesse thank you again for joining me this week I think I still think this story because it was also on tinder is like absolutely insane and amazing in all the best ways but (laughs) (laughs) I think um, so sometimes I can't even believe it's my own story and sometimes (laughs) I'm like you did what like how dumb are you (laughs) I mean you're clearly not dumb because you got the ring on your finger (laughs) yeah it all worked out (laughs) yes well 
congrats again um, on your marriage. And um, just a quick recap. So we this week we talked about Jesse's story um, on her now a marriage to her husband and how they met uh, while she was at university up in Rochester and did long distance um, between Rochester and Baltimore and just um, not only did they match on Tinder of all apps from back in the day, but that, you know, they really had to make that work um, with the added dynamic. And, you know, maybe it's not necessarily about um, the people that are around you in your area. And if that's a fit, but just finding the right, right person to be willing to put the effort in to make it work. So congrats again. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. Yes, of course. Thanks for coming on and I'll see everyone next week. I'd like to thank everyone that's helped make this podcast possible, specifically Kayla McNulty that helped create the podcast, Laura Williamson, Ray Zaragoza, The Kid Inside, Ellie Bernstein, Maggie DeBaradine, and Lindsay Weiner that all helped contribute in some sort of way. You can find us on Instagram at swipeyswipewest. Send us a DM with any questions, comments, suggestions. Thank you all again for listening. Have a great rest of your week.